When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. To you from sunny Santa Monica, California, and thank you for joining us for yet another Cyber Law and Business Report. We've got a great show for you today, and um, we're going to be having a world-famous um, blogger or citizen journalist, Watson Meng um, of Boxing, and he's going to be talking to us about his in Boxing and um, how the basically the most widely read blog in China actually emanates from Durham, North Carolina. Um, and he's had a number of battles and um, received a lot of recognition for the work he's been doing the past 10 years or more. And um, in the second half hour, we're going to be talking about some of the – give you a little news updates on some of the developments and some of the stories actually we've covered in the past. For example, Governor Brown has signed into law in California the um, the bill that would outlaw what has been referred to as social media snooping by employers – and we're going to be talking about that as well as the upcoming debate. Um, tonight is the first presidential debate with um, President Obama squaring off against Republican nominee Governor Romney um, at debates at starting at 9 p.m. Eastern. So um, we have some comments about that as well we'll be talking about. But uh, without further ado, I want to bring on Watson Meng. And um, it's a fascinating story. Uh, but he actually is from China and he uh, earned a degree from the Hebei Institute of Technology and a master's degree from Nankai University, both in Tianjin. And um, he received his master's at Duke in Durham, North Carolina, where he lives today. And uh, he's, according to the Chinese, he certainly is a blue devil because um, after leaving China in 96, he began a career in journalism and he created an independent Chinese news list service in 2000 
and founded Boxing News, the first Chinese news service in the model of citizen journalism. And he's followed worldwide um, and quoted often by Radio Free Asia, the Committee to Protect Journalists, Reporters Without Borders, and Voice of America. Um, Watson, are you with us? Yes. Um, How are you? Thank you for joining us. It's really a great honor to have you on. It's and, my pleasure. Um, the name Boxen, um, does that mean anything in particular? Or Yeah, in Chinese it means uh, wide ruined, uh, you know, rich uh, information. And how, what led you to launch Boxen? Uh, I, I launched it in 2000, early 2000. And what, what, what was it in, in you that said, okay, I need to do this now? Why, what, oh, why? I see. Uh, bef- of course, you know, personally, I have interest in, you know, the social problems. I've been, you know, reading news, you know, I have a lot of concerns. Uh, that's the uh, uh, first reason. The next reason, you know, I, at that time, I had the internet technology. I know, you know, how to make a website. So um, before that, I already, you know, run... Uh, email list is a news magazine online a weekly magazine for almost a year so uh, at that point i thought maybe it's better to make a, you know a more formal news service online so i decided to make a news service and you know, it certainly evolved um i think <laughs> you got um some some high praise earlier this year when during the height of some of the scandals that were going on um a high ranking chinese government official conceded to wall street journal that everyone at the top levels of the chinese government reads your reads boxing and uh which then of course only increased the um i guess the focus and scrutiny that you're under within china um, how has Boxing evolved? I mean, who how, who creates the content, for example? Uh, at the beginning, you know, I act as an editor, and uh, uh, Boxing has a you know open membership model. Uh, is that way you know, at the beginning? So the first group of readers, I believe, I tra- uh, attracted them from my email list in two thousand. At that time, you know, the email list already had 5,000 subscribers. Wow. So, you know, when I switched to this model, you know, uh, firstly, you know, I tried to develop some contents. Also, I encourage people, still the model today, I encourage people, you know, everyone can submit. So that's, that's you know, at the beginning, how the content is developing. And um, you've, you seem to be able to break stories in ways... Um, other blogs, other other sources, they are unable to. You you were um, at the early um, one of the early reporters of the, of the recent scandals going on in China over the um, Bo Xilai. Is it, how do you say his last name? Yeah, Bo Xilai. Bo Xilai um, scandal. And could tell us a little uh, briefly just uh, just some background. That scandal for those who aren't familiar with him, he, he was a high ranking official. In the Communist Party, and just give us a little um, kind of a one-minute summary of that scandal. Yeah, I think first maybe I, I quickly uh, you know explain the dynamic of abortion. So sure. uh, basically, you know, um, China you know has a very strict control of all the media, including the internet websites. So not so many independent Chinese media uh, around the world, I will say. 
So Boston has been, you know, operating independent. We try to give, you know, any voice or any truth out. So that's, that's you know, Boston has been chosen as one channel for different levels of people to, you know, to to speak up or, you know, to expose something important. So that's uh, in the past years, you know, Boston has been playing an important role to break many news. And not only this year, you know, that's, that's, uh, we, we have, uh, uh, you know, uh, a history about that. So that's why uh, this year, I will say, in February, we started to uh, receive, you know, information about the fighting between Bo Xilai and Wang Lijun, his police chief. So, and um, all triggered when, you know, Wang Lijun ran into U.S. consulate in early February. So, and then, you know, we, we have more sources. We, you know, we, some sources, you know, we have a long time connection, you know, some sources just came up to us, you know, uh, it's an important time, you know, to uh, release of the uh, more information about the corruption of a Bocilai. So I think that's, uh, you know, the beginning of the scandal. And the Bo- Beaujolais, um actually kind of almost kind of sounds like Beaujolais. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it's difficult. <laughs> I, I wonder if he has a, a, a is there a Beaujolais nouveau? But um, Beaujolais, he was actually a, he was a rising star in Chinese government. I mean, he he was possibly on track to be the the next chairman. Is that was that correct? Uh, yes. Uh, he he's a kind of you know he has a very big ambition. He is very active. He has a, you know a trying to create a way to go to the top leader, one of the top leaders, I would say. But after scandal broke out, you know, his secret was revealed. He has much more ambition than people expect. He try, basically he tried to be the number one. He you know does did not want to be you know one of the leaders, but he wants to be number one leader so, yeah and um and the scandal involved basically you know, he was he was doing some spying on um, other members of the party but his wife confessed to um poisoning a westerner yes and um and then the, another part of the scandal involved allegations that um Beaujolais was um was having had paid certain um, members of, of the Chinese um, film industry um, to for sex. Yeah, that, that's you know uh, that's a part of the scandal, and I think uh, the official recently the charge against Bushilai officially you know uh, announced that Bushilai does involve in you know in appropriate sex uh, relationship with uh, a number of women. So uh, that's one of you know uh, of the. Scandal he you know committed I think yeah and and a lot of this was was coming into China through your website correct um, yes and uh, anything important we uh, break and then you know uh, the internet is a very efficient way you know to spread the information uh, even China blocked uh, you know Boshun and many other websites overseas. But the people, you know, has many ways. People have many ways to republish you know, the information in the websites mm-hmm. uh, in China. So that's may uh, make you know, information uh, transfer very fast. So, so you've gained prominence because of the fact that you you've been in the space. You one of, you were one of the first 
um, you know, citizen journalist, so to speak, with covering China. Um, and but at a certain point, you you become also on the the radar as a, a potential threat for the Chinese government. Um, yeah, that, that's common, and uh, you know, any independent media uh, are considered you know threatened to the Chinese government. So that, that, that's very common. So uh, now, yeah. Your your site was even was you know, banned for some time, weren't you? After you know, yeah. calling, question was and what led and, to that? That was your call for uh, supporting the Jasmine Revolution. Uh, no, it's a uh, question has been blocked from uh, the very beginning when it's launched. In, I think it's blocked in May of two thousand. Within two months, it was launched. So that, that's not a surprise, you know. And um, it's nice to know you're appreciated. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, like New York Times, The Voice of America, all, you know, uh, if, if it's not blocking uh, your website, that means you you don't have much information for Chinese people. So, so that's normal, yeah. Oh, hopefully, hopefully this, my, one of my blogs are blocked. <laughs> uh, English blogs uh, may, you know, <laughs> okay, yeah, mostly will be okay. But, um, so... It somehow people still are able to get get through it and read your blog because you know, as the you know the Wall Street Journal reported, everyone in the Chinese government seems to be reading your blog. Uh, I don't think everyone, probably many of them, uh, you know, I know you know many of them they they do read the book. Yeah. So, um, what happens to you when you go to China? Do you, do you get any? Um, do you feel any pressure, or have mm. they ever tried to communicate to you about the blog? A good question. Do you think I can go back to China? <laughs> okay, that answers the question. <laughs> yeah. So since you launched the blog, you have you have you you have not returned to China. Uh, no. And you, your family, your your parents are in China, aren't they? Yes. That's and true. have they ever been felt any heat because of the blog? Uh, not not this year. But uh, last year during uh, you know Jasmine Revolution, you know uh, my family uh, did you know get some pressure. And uh, how so? Yeah, before that, you know, I, my my parents they even did not know what I'm doing, so I, I don't talk, you know, this about uh, to them. So, so um, for those who are unfamiliar, the Jasmine Revolution essentially was. Oh yeah, that's uh, last year uh, February. Uh, so uh, you know, as Arabic countries, they have the Jasmine Revolution. Uh, some some smart guys out there they want to create a uh, you know start up uh, the same thing in China, so Bo Xun was chosen as a, a publisher to publish their statement. So the first statement uh, uh, was published on February nineteenth. So basically, within two hours of uh, the publishing the statement, uh, Bo Xun started to receive the cyber attack, very strong cyber attack for almost five months. So we published the statement for that group or individual for two weeks, basically. You know, they ask uh, uh, the people uh, from over a dozen cities, the major cities in China, on Sunday, on Sunday in a specific time to go to a popular location. Like Beijing is, uh, you know, outside McDonald's. So. Right. So that's, you know, makes the people, you know, Gathering in 
over a dozen cities to make the government really nervous. So it's uh, caused you know wide attention from international uh, news. Because so you just create a flash, like the flash mob. Uh, yes. So basically, uh, because uh, you know, I got uh, we got a uh, problems, and then you know, we 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 decided to stop publishing further announcement from the third week. And but you know, they have other website to continue their work. So basically, that's the story. And um, so. And then you you became under even heightened attack when you you were you were covering the Beaujolais story. Um, would I believe your your actual host was received a notice from a source in China that said if they don't take your blog down, that um, they'll all that entire network would be shut down. Is that correct? Uh, not really. Uh, okay. Last uh, <laughs> attack was targeted to our hosting. Our server have, you know, has the contents. Uh, that's last year. That's a uh, D, uh, DDoS attack. Lasted for, you know, five months. But uh, this year, uh, they, they do, you know, uh, you know, we do, on our content server, we do receive a cyber attack from time to time. But this year, on, on April 19th, uh, the attack is a little bit different. The they go after the registrar, uh, the service taking care of the domain name. So they threaten to bring down their registrar server. So this registrar, they have you know millions you know of domains. Basically, right. they will disable all those domains on their domain server. So that's uh, not really targeted only to us, but they try to threaten the registrar. A third, you know, company to to make them, you know, you know, stop the service, the domain, and we call it DNS service. So it's a, you know, it's a, it's a different tech, but I think it's a, it's a worse, you know. It's well, something. It, it, it's yeah, a prisoner's it's dilemma. You know, do you choose? Do you give in um, and risk losing all your business, or do you, you know, throw you know, throw you under the bus and and, and survive? Yeah, uh, that company uh, name.com they they did have a difficult time. That's why I received the phone call from them. they you know they say you know you have to leave to move to move the domain out of their company. So uh, we had no choice. We moved to another company. But the next day, the other company also received the same threat, and and then you know. I received the same phone call, the similar phone call, and then we decided to move to the third company. So we are still, you know, staying with the third company. I believe, you know, we moved twice. Probably, you know, the attack stopped. That's my guess because uh, this type of attack is uh, different from uh, attacking your web server. It's something attacking the U.S. infrastructure, for my understanding. So you know, it's uh, I, I, my best guess. Maybe the U.S. government, you know, tried tried to do something. I don't know, but um, but the threat, I think, stopped on the third. Well, um, while your um, while your domain servers were being contacted by the Chinese government, I've been contacted by my producer. That it is now time for a break. Um, but we'll come back. We'll be talking to Watson further about. Um, his exciting adventures in boxing and um, the attention that is received worldwide after these messages. 
Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Are you losing money because of a poorly designed website? Frustrated by low conversion rates on your online campaigns? Then come to Conversion Conference East 2012. Brasco here for WebmasterRadio.fm inviting you to Conversion Conference East 2012, October 9th and 10th in my backyard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Learn strategies used by the world's top conversion, usability, and testing experts to turn more clicks into customers. Immerse yourself in two days of interactive learning from 33 breakout sessions and three incredible keynotes from landing page optimization guru Tim Ash, conversion scientist Brian Massey, and the brain lady Susan Weinshank. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 10% discount on your pass. When you register online at conversionconference.com with the promo code WMFM. Don't be left out. Join us at Conversion Conference East 2012, October 9th through 10th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Go to conversionconference.com or click on the Conversion Conference logo on the webmasterradio.fm website now. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of Internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Just getting your feet wet on the Internet? Then dive into our stream, WebmasterRadio.fm. We're the coolest place around, WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're back. This is Ben and Kelly. We're talking to Watson Mang, publisher of Boxing. And um, one of the most recognized uh, blogs in China, and or news services, I should say. And um, Watson, when did yes. you first become aware that you, you, your news service was really penetrating in China? And despite you know all the firewalls, that you you really were having an influence. Uh, as early as uh, two thousand three, uh, I talked to someone and. Uh, I would say relevant to the Chinese government. Uh, I got feedback. Um, you know, in Chinese government, they have the uh, practice to prepare internal reports to the officials. So the, those reports are not, not really for the public, just for officials to know what happened in China. Mm-hmm. I was told the majority of the information they collect online uh, uh, was from Boston. 
So <laughs> that was an encouragement, you know. Uh, since that time, you know, you know, we often, you know, shown up in the pub, uh, in the media. So I know it's influenced. So, and then of course, it 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 just builds on itself. Once that fact becomes known, that you're the you're the source for uh, of information for the government, then more people just want to read it, which then only further makes the government um, drawn to finding out what what you're posting. So it's very fascinating. Um, now, in I was recently in China, and I, I talked to some netizens who are active there, and, and um, you know, you hear a lot about the you know, the firewall and the censorship of you know, certain in social media, but you know, one of the feedback I, I heard was that even if you take that into account, there's still a vast amount of information that is being disseminated in, in social media and elsewhere. In, in ways that are, are truly you know, transformative in China and, and unprecedented, and that you know over time that um, you know this this is this this itself even with the attempts to censor you know will, will transform China. Do, do you have an opinion on that? Yes, that that's absolutely true. Uh, China does block the website, does do the censorship on the internet. But still, you know, the internet has a special character. You know, you know so many websites, so many blogs, and uh, the people can use, you know, the chatting software. They talk, you know, to uh, each other, or they can talk to a group. So just, you know, it's very difficult for you know the government to control. So that's uh, we can see a lot of progress in China. Uh, uh, even recently, one of the important officials from Shanxi province. He lost his, you know, position just because he he showed up in a traffic accident where you know many people died in the accident. He showed up there. He smiled. You know, the picture of his smiling uh, published in the news, and then you know there was a, a huge angry over the internet, and then you know the, the people you know check his background, found he has a lot of uh, corruption. So that's a victory of the internet, as far as I see. So, so it's definitely be, you know, citizen journalism is alive and well. It seems very much in China. Um, it's it's interesting that right now this is I guess t- I think it's today is the last day of the baseball season here in the United States, and you know, in, in baseball, if you're a very successful baseball player, um, you hit the ball. You know, 30% of the time, which means 70% of the time you hit nothing. And yeah. and that's considered a success. And and I guess that's the, what, what the Chinese censors have to deal with. You know, if they're lucky, you know, they're getting 30% or, you know, something like that in terms of blocking. But still, there's a lot that gets through. And, uh, and, and I think that, that that risk gets even higher for them as we move towards, towards mobile platforms. Um, and that just becomes harder to, to block dissemination. Um, what, what are your thoughts as, as China moves towards a mobile plat- you know, society and, and how that will lead to greater dissemination of information? Um, I, I think the Chinese government now uh, most worried is the information will mobilize people you know, to go to street or protest. So, so the uh, Chinese government does, you know, when something 
uh, emergent, urgent, high, emergent, I mean, happening somewhere. Um, it may shut down the whole website, that city, that happened like in Xinjiang province. Uh, or, you know, they just uh, stop all the mobile service to certain area. Uh, so Chinese government does want to do that. And, uh, but uh, most of the time, um, the information, you know, on internet, on, on, on mobile device, definitely is much free, you know, than before. So I'm not sure I answered your question. Oh, no, that, that's, that's precisely it. Now, there, there were, as the whole, you know, um, visual scandal kind of evolved, and especially you had the, um, the, um, the blind activists who had to escape from house arrest and made his way to the U.S. Embassy, um, um, with Chen Guancheng, um, as that happened, it seemed like there was there was somewhat of a crackdown on Chinese um, netizens. It, it's to what extent are netizens subject to you know uh, persecution within China? Uh, I would say uh, many arrests or sentence. So that's uh, the, the total number we didn't know. But uh, even Boshun, we have a number of journalists uh, arrested and uh, sentenced. So. We have more arrests, uh, but not sentenced. So, um, so it's um, but even you know so many users punished, but uh, they cannot stop because just the all population. I will say overall population reading the internet, uh, you know, uh, sharing the information. So it's a different degree of uh, sensitive of the information. So very high sensitive. Yes, it's dangerous, but uh, you know. Uh, in the daily life, uh, every day, you know, there are so many things happening. So we don't know which thing uh, will be um, something the government doesn't want people to see, like, you know, one official's corruption. Uh, normally, at the beginning, the government did not realize, you know, they should censor this yet. So, so And then, you know, before this, they started to realize it's too late. So there's really a lot of dynamic thing going on there. And... Um and right now is somewhat of a transformative period in China, you know, as we, there's going to be a leadership change, you know? Yeah, uh, the new leadership uh, almost done, you know, who will be the next leader, you know. Uh, the top number one already decided is uh, Xi Jinping, uh, but the next uh, six, you know, I, I heard they are still, you know, they trying to make a decision. So um, what I heard, the next leadership will do something, uh, favorable to you know to the country. Um, I hope you know something good will happen. But that's not a yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, it, it seems that it, um, in the, in the nineties or late eighties or mid eighties, I guess you had um, Gorbachev in the Soviet Union in doing Perestroika, where he did um, he was trying to do economic and political liberalization at the same time. And what happened was he um, he succeeded in political liberalization but failed in economic liberalization and and he he lost power. Uh, and it seemed like the Chinese government took the op- took the lesson from that and decided, okay, we'll we'll, we'll do economic liberalization, but we're not going to do political liberalization just yet. And you know, and so and China's done remarkably well under economic liberalization, and they've become this you know dynamic power. Um, is how far away is political liberalization? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. In past ten years, I will say China did 
did not uh, progress much. In many areas, like uh, the practice of law, rule of law, uh, I would say went back. It's uh, not as good as you know, ten years ago or twenty years ago. So, but uh, we hope the ne- next ten years or next few years that there will be something happen. Uh, but uh, you know, if the party, I mean, the Communist Party, uh, want to focus on the economy development, I, I don't think that can go that far. Even now, the people trying to question whether China uh, has really doing has been doing well in economy. In theory, uh, you don't have the information transparency. You don't have the you know, check on the balance. Uh, it's not a free market. So. Mm-hmm. That there should not be an efficient, you know, economy there. So we see many problems already. So, and um, a real econ- economic success will go together with a good political system. You cannot separate separate them. So that's my, you know, uh, my my thinking. So. It definitely seemed. I mean, when I was in Beijing, it, it, it seemed like probably, and this is you know, obviously an overstatement, but the half of the world's cranes um, were in Beijing. You know, building with yeah. all the new building that's going on, and uh, and so it seemed like to be that would be the best business to be in right now is be being in the crane business in China, is because of all the new construction. But I guess there are concerns that the economy is slowing down. Yes, it's a big concern. In China now, China has a bubble. We believe is you know it's too many buildings, and uh, the bubble will burst somewhere, some sometime I think. So you say um, what you see is a nice building, and uh, you have so many. You know what you you do with them, and uh, but uh, you don't you know use as much resource to build the factories for re- recreate the value, and also the farmers. You know you know billions of farmers. Uh, what what you do with them? So you know. So, so I, I can see you know more problems in China in the future. Now, um, do you think American um, policymakers understand China? Uh, I believe they they understand. You know, they have a lot of uh, information resource, but um, not necessarily their decision uh, best reflects the situation in China. There's so many factors like economic uh, reasons, business, you know, the interest of business. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's complicated. You know. and, and right now, there's, it's, it seems to be an interesting period in, in, Chinese, um, in Chinese history just because you, you have this resurgent China um, and now you're starting to have little um, scuffles with Japan again over these, these islands. Um, and we've seen a lot of demonstrations across China part, it appears partly you know, spurred by the government. Um, but you know, where do you see this going? Is this something we should be concerned about, or is this just a part of the kind of the the way that China and Japan blow off steam? Um, you know, given the the frictions that naturally occur when you have two big rivals. Uh, I think my concern is the political setting. If China progresses into a democ- more democracy. Uh, you know, a more transparent uh, government. Uh, we, uh, no matter how strong China will be, we 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 should not concern. You know, uh, the problem is, you know, uh, for example, you know, North Korea is very uh, has a big poverty 
uh, the country is small, it's uh, still the, mm. one of the biggest concerns of, of, of the world, right? Uh, so I think that for China, uh, if you, uh, you know, the countries around China, whether they concern and you know, worry about China, I don't think they really worry about you know how strong or how well China will will, will do, but uh, how you know China's political system will go. That, that's a, that's a big concern. So now, uh, given the notoriety that you have um, you know, within China as well as now worldwide, um, you've received quite a lot of attention. Um, you're, you're getting some. Um, some attention, I guess. Some of it's unwelcome. Um, you've, you've received an invitation to uh, the, the U.S. legal system recently um, with, a, with a lawsuit filed by actress um, Zhang Zi um, of, of um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon um, fame. And um, so, uh, how is that? How does that feel? You know, being uh, being a target of a a, a, a libel lawsuit in, in connection with some of your reporting is, is that something you knew or you prepared for that or and by the way um, for listeners um, he's represented by Mark Rendaza who, who's been on the show in the past um, is a well known First Amendment advocate but you know, how, what is your take on this whole experience uh, uh we we have uh, uh, you know been receiving similar um a lighter uh, warning from time to time when we report some corruption in China, and we do receive, you know, a letter say, you know, you should not report this. And we may, we may put you on the court, um, but uh, but this time, you know, uh, it's a, we, you know, Boston is not specialized in reporting, you know, any private scandal. Uh, we have been, you know, right, more recognized as you know reporting political news, so. And um, so, uh, you know, this this lawsuit is a part of uh, relevant to what we reported, you know, about Bosilai scandal. So, unfortunately, you know, Bosilai, you know, officially recognized uh, Bosilai has, you know, uh, the sex scandal with, uh, you know, number of women, and uh, so uh, we did report that part of scandal. So that's uh, gave us the problem. So. Yeah, the uh, the complaint states that Boxham News has repeatedly published reports that Zhang Zi, quote, is a prostitute who has earned over $100 million for having sexual relations with Chinese government officials and others. And then these reports have been republished by other media outlets around the world, quote, um, close quote. That's the um, from the, the complaint. And um, so according to the complaint, you're, you're, you're quite an influential news organization. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's not good for me to talk much. No, I'm not asking you to talk. Yeah, no, no. Just the, the complaint just seems to acknowledge that you guys have a lot of influence. Um, yeah. that it, you're very closely followed, and um, um, but now yeah, don't I won't, don't want you to come talk about the actual litigation, but um, so in, in terms of translating um, Boxen to a, a U.S. audience, what what U.S. news service or blog do you do you kind of believe you're most akin to um you, i would say uh, yeah Boston is a you know different from any other media so Boston is more uh, free i mean free is was pub- what is published in Boston uh, even 
not what I like or I don't like. Mm-hmm. So it has many different, you know, stories going on. We have different editors, also volunteers, they can publish directly. And um, some opinions from someone criticize me, you know, I don't care. So that, that's a way, we, I will say we are very free. And um, so that's a way we have, you know, different levels of information. We do have the political uh, mm-hmm. sensitive information. We also have a lot of grass, you know, ground, you know, I mean, Many, uh, yeah, like human rights abuses, you know, uh, uh, against the regular people. So those people, they also prefer, you know, to have their case or information published on Boxing. So every day we, you know, carry a lot of, you know, this type for, of information. Yeah. For English um, radio and for English um, listeners, it's um, en.boxing.com is um, where you would find the English language version. And uh, I really want to thank you for joining us. It's been really an honor to have someone as distinguished in the in the uh, citizen journalism movement as you are on the show. Um, any any last yeah. thoughts or anything you'd like to plug before we um, we break? Uh, no, really. I, I you know I, it's my honor you know to be on your show. So thank you very much. Well, thank you. And um, what's uh, what do you think is the next big thing for us to look out for in China? What's the what's the story you think um, we, we should be keep our eyes open? Uh, I would say within the months we will know, you know, who will be the next uh, leaders, and not one leader. I mean the leaders. Uh, so uh, we will also probably know, you know, um, whether Bosilai uh, when Bosilai will be trialed. So uh, it's a uh, you know uh, a number of big stories will happen within the month I think. Well, as as the uh, the question of who is the new the new leadership of China emerges, one thing that that won't change is that Boxon is is definitely the leader in terms of disseminating um, you know truthful information and um, get, getting the word out beyond censorship in, in China and through across the globe. And so, again, I hail you for everything you've done, and I want to thank you again for being on the show. And mm-hmm. we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about um, some latest news developments in Internet law and um, a little discussion about the upcoming debates tonight. Um, after these messages, you're listening to Cyber Law and Business Report on Webmaster Radio. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess okay, for our I'm sponsors. I'm done, right? Yeah. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. 
Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Radio's virtual autobahn. WebmasterRadio.fm, moving at the speed of light webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere the best gavel to gavel legal news and information on the net is right here this is the cyber law and business report only on webmasterradio.fm and we're back and again that was a great honor to have watson meg on and i want to thank him for joining us um the time we have left i want to just do a couple of quick updates and it kind of both kind of ties together. We had um, earlier on we had with Jillian York from um, to talk about the um, the, the Google um, YouTube um, video and the reaction in the, in the Muslim world to the um, the video that on um, the innocence of Muslims that caused such a great outcry you know, throughout the Arab world and Muslim world, I should say, and. Uh, and following up on that, it, in Brazil, um, a Google official was arrested for refusing to take down a video that had been posted um, that was, was critical of a video of a, a local official um, leading up to an election, and it was actually a, um, an order that had been taken down that was defied. And so, uh, after being arrested, uh, Google Brazil decided to ultimately take down the video, and. Um, which is kind of a continuation of what you, both what was we're talking about earlier with Jillian and what we're talking about with Watson today. Um, you know, the pressure of censorship on the internet, and uh, um, it's also fitting that. In, I was looking at the the blog for um, Watson's lawyer, Mark Rendaza, and today actually, excuse me, this week also happens to be. Um, National Read a Banned Book Week, and you'd be surprised at the the types of books that have been banned in some schools at, at various high schools across the United States. Um, and some of them, are, you know, we've we've heard about um, Tom Sawyer, um, you know, from Mark Twain being banned, or even um, To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, when you one in Florida, there was a jurisdiction that actually prohibited uh, a. Pl- a play uh, based on To Kill a Mockingbird, finding it to be too controversial. Nearly forty, you know, forty years after it was first published, and in particularly considering that um, Atticus Finch, the main character of To Kill a Mockingbird, was recently voted as the you know, one of the, the the top American film heroes of all time. So, um, you know, is these all tied together? And you know, the role of uh, the internet and the First Amendment, and I um, mean, promoting free speech and promoting discussion, and, and um, so definitely um, check out it's the American Library Association 
um, and along with a number of others, they're promoting um, National um, Read a Band Book Week. And um, the American Library, Library Association is a very powerful lobby because everyone, every town has a library, and uh, librarians do contact their congressmen. So definitely check it, check that out. Um, we had a discussion about um, California's um, anti-social media snooping legislation to bar employers from checking into. Um, or requiring that employees to disclose their passwords for social media and for um, employment or otherwise connecting their employment to such a requirement. And um, that um, has been now signed by Governor Brown. And a lot of people have been giving it a lot of praise. Um, Eric Goldman, who's been on the show, actually has been somewhat quite critical of it because it fails to distinguish, uh, in his view, what is a personal um, social media account versus what is a business social media account because employers should have access to that. And so that may be something that um, uh, will have to be addressed as the law evolves and as it's enforced. But Eric also makes a broader point that he believes that states shouldn't be involved in regulating the Internet altogether. And I actually think I, I disagree with that. Um, California, you know, the states have always proven the, it's often said that they're the laboratory of democracy. And, um, you know, some of the earliest regulation in that has occurred at the state level and also has occurred here in California. And for the most part, you know, they've been um, – they've taken a, a pretty reasonable approach. They've gotten it wrong a few times as with the, the passes of the, the law banning all um, perceived spam and um, – but I think uh, banning, you know, having states not get into this space um, may not be the best idea. Um, but you know, hopefully we will talk to Eric about that. So tonight is a big night. It is the um, first presidential debate. Um, it's going to be held in Denver. It's going to be a moderated domestic policy debate. And uh, right off the bat, I have to say President Obama is at a disadvantage because it is his 20th wedding anniversary. So he <laughs> he's going to be under a lot of pressure just to get out of there as quick as possible and get home so he can actually celebrate his anniversary. But I'm, I'm assuming uh, Michelle Obama would be somewhat accommodating tonight. But uh, I'd hate to have to use that as an excuse for why, <laughs> why I'm late. But kidding aside, um, the, one criticism I have about coverage of the debates is, the, is applying a subjective standard. You know, so if someone's inexperienced or inexperienced in debates, you know, as it's I noticed this in 1988 when there was coverage of the the Quayle um, Benson debates for vice president, and that you know the fact that Dan Quayle hadn't fallen on his face or otherwise you know um, you know defecated in his pants. Um, you know that seemed to be a success for him, and so you know some of the analysts were saying that he did well based on that. And you know, it, um, there's an old famous Woody Allen maxim that 80% of life is just showing up. But I, I never knew that 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 was the re, um, that was the requirement for the office of president. I thought we expected more than that. And uh, you know, so if you were hiring a surgeon, would you hire a surgeon um, who just you know managed to not screw up, or would you want to hire a surgeon who's the best? And so I, I think I would like to see more objective reporting about you know, what is um, about the performance, and less you know whether or not the people met expectations. Um, you know, I used uh, I, I had a post in Huffington in, in 2008, and I, I posited this. I said, "Imagine if Mayberry's sheriff Andy Taylor faced a re-election challenge from of all people, Otis the Drunk and Deputy Barney Fife." 
If today's media covered the debate between these fictional television characters, it would be a no-win situation for Sheriff Taylor, since the media would declare a victory for Otis if he managed to stand up for the entire debate, and Herald Deputy Fight's performance so long as his gun didn't go off by accident while seizing upon the slightest misstep by the venerable sheriff. So I, I think you know, this, is, this is a job interview for the most important job in the country. So I, I think it should be judged accordingly. You know, I, it, it's a, I encourage everyone to watch and, uh, and make informed decisions. Um, but I, I think you know, there's, some, there's some good questions to be asked and some relevant to what we talk about here. And, and, and one is, is the role of government. You know, we've talked last week, we talked about um, what was happening in Chattanooga and how they you know, were able to leapfrog and become the fastest internet city in the world, in part by using stimulus money. And um, you know, Governor Romney seems to have a view that you know, the government does, shouldn't be doing stuff like that and that the government doesn't create jobs, although it seemed to create a fair number um, while he was governor um, with the big dig that was happening in Boston as they you know, totally you know, created this huge un- underground uh, um, public works project. So um, you know, that would be a fear discussion you know, what why are we falling behind in some leading technologies you know why are we 17th in, in broadband speed when other countries we used to be number one so those are some questions i think that might be relevant to ask but um you know jim lear actually is a very skilled moderator he's i think he's done i've lost track of how many but um i'm sure he's going to do a very capable job tonight but i just want to stress an important thing um, i'm not going to tell you how to vote but I want to tell you to vote, and particularly those of you know, in the internet sector, um, it's important that we explain uh, what we do, and so uh, that we we have a voice. We, this has been a great year for the internet in terms of you know, voicing as a community its opposition to SOPA. Um, regardless of what your position on SOPA, I think the fact that the internet mobilized in a way un- unseen before is positive. And so engagement is good, and we just want to encourage you to listen to debates, get involved in the discussions, and then make a decision on November um, come election day and, and make a choice that you think is best. But um, I think um, it should be an interesting night, and we're going to have some people listening to it here, and um, I will talk about it next week, I'm sure. But um, again, I'd also like to say uh, one other side note. When we had the um, we had a discussion about um, crowdsourcing, and we um, we were running out of time, but I also uh, we talked briefly that about the Washington Nationals. Um, and they've made the baseball playoffs for the first time since 1933. And I want to give a shout out to a company called Living Social, who've actually they put up money to enable the subway to stay open late in the event any of the playoff games go into extra innings. So a shout-out to them, and um, happy anniversary to uh, the president and Michelle Obama, the first lady. And I hope you watched the debates, and I hope you enjoyed listening to us. Um, we'll be back next week um, with more Cyber Law and Business Report. This is Bennett Kelly with the Internet Law Center, um, broadcasting live from Silicon Beach in Santa Monica, California. I want to thank you for joining us, and um, be sure to download our mobile app so we can take us wherever you go, and um, so you can have me at lunch <laughs> or any any meal that is appropriate for you. But in any event, um, see you next week. Quarter is adjourned. And um, you've been listening to Cyberlong Business Report on Webmaster Radio FM.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.